Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back, everyone, to the Westworld Theorycast. My name is Axel. The Westworld Theorycast is part of the DVR Podcast Network. You can check us out at DVRpodcast.com. We've covered all of season one of Westworld, and you can check it out there. Shout out to Tom, who designed our logo. He's at tompatrick.co.uk. He's a great designer. If you need designs, hit him up. Also, the Wright brothers, my old friend Devin and his pal from Vermont, who did our opening beats. Give us an Apple Pod- Podcast, Apple Pod, blah, 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 Apple Podcast review. Uh, we got a bunch last week, and uh, I'd like a bunch more. It helps us get noticed. Uh, we appreciate it. So, if this show helps you in your journey through Westworld, then help us. Give us a podcast review on iTunes now. You may notice that I have not introduced anyone. That is because DJ Tim Hines is leaking cortical fluid again. Again. No, but on the real, he's sick and he isn't feeling well. And uh, neither is his life partner, Stacy. And I want to wish him both the best because they are really both feeling sick and under the weather. And our thoughts are with them. And our thoughts on our memories are reality because we are all hosts. And I'm a host, so that means... They're going to be better. I like it. So let's get to it. I am doing feedback first. I'm not going to go through my notes. I'm going to hit right away with our fantastic feedback, starting with Bill Kava. Here we go. Hey, guys. So this must be out there already, but I put it together after this episode. The ghost nation equals ghost in the machine. Using the American Indian representation, a.k.a. the first people, the ghost nation may be the first entity to achieve independent consciousness outside of the body, the same path Maeve is on. Here's an excerpt from something on the internets. Ooh, okay. Gilbert Ryle coined the term in his 1949 work, The Concept of Mind, as a criticism of René Descartes. Descartes believed in dualism, the idea that the human mind is not physical, that it exists independently of the human brain. Ryle referred to this idea as the ghost in the machine. He believed that human consciousness and mind are very dependent on the human brain. The term ghost in the machine has come to also describe the supposed consciousness in a device that behaves as if it has a will that it is independent of what the human operator wants the device to do. Computer programmers have appropriated the term ghost in the machine to explain when a program runs contrary to their expectations. Now, it's funny, it makes me think of Gremlins, right? We think of Gremlins as the movie, but remember in the movie, the guy describes it as in the military when something like went wrong, they said it was Gremlins, right? So that's kind of the last one, the ghost in the machine. You know, I love this idea. That is a 
Uh, that's, man, that hits me with some Robotech protoplasm, the flower, you know, um, or like the expanse, right? The, um, oh man, what do they call it on that particle? Um, but the idea that human consciousness, that we too, like the hosts in that, uh, cradle, they're is somewhere perhaps in a dimension or a way that we cannot yet understand like a human uh, identity backup, like a place from whence all of our consciousness comes from. It's uh, similar to the idea of the collective unconscious, right? Which is uh, seemingly what, we could now describe as like a virtual in, in the reality of in a, a virtual reality in reality would be a collective unconscious, like what Bernard is in when he's inside the cradle. Right. Uh, but, but it's more like the mesh network that runs between all of us. Um, it's really interesting that what you're saying about the ghost nation. Now, are you proposing that, they are awake already. Like what we've been seeing them doing is that Ford is kind of using them, which is kind of what I'm thinking is that Ford is kind of using them to be the, be that higher level within the park right now, right? They're saving people. They're doing that kind of stuff. I don't know if what you're saying about achieve independent consciousness outside of the body thinking about the same path Maeve is on. Um, that's interesting. I do think that Maeve is on that path. You're right. That I don't know. Hmm. But the way you say that the ghost nation may be the first entity as the, uh, so you're saying as the group, Okay, I see what you're trying to say. I think we're saying the same thing. That they are they're different. And they're going maybe they're at Maeve's point, maybe for turn them all up. Um as far as the consciousness outside of the body with Maeve in the sense of it just being pure information, that's something DJ and I have been talking about all season, something I believe this show, like I said in the initial reaction, when they did that prank where they were like, we're going to tell you all the spoilers, I think it was kind of like this weird um, mind fuck where it was kind of like, we are going to show you all the spoilers because this season we're going to do everything. And now we're seeing it with Bernard, how these hosts can exist in a place outside of their body, right? That their consciousness um, can be transferred into this machine. So if it can go into that machine, it can obviously go in other hosts. It could go in animals. It could go in a network, a different network. As we see now, Ford is part of the network. So this idea is really interesting. And I like the idea that the ghost nation is that ghost in the machine, right? And kind of working hand in hand with Ford. Because I think is Ford really the ghost in the machine and then they're his representative. Um, but I also like that you uh, 
You excerpted something from the internet, so I always enjoy reading something. Bill Kava, New Jersey, baby. Thank you, Bill. Now we go Gina. Gina's got a bunch of different points, and I'm going to read them all. Starting with one of the most interesting points of the episode, Dolores's fidelity talk with Arnold. Gina posits, has Dolores been woke for far longer than we've realized and been plotting all of this all these years. Now that is, <laughs> I love that Gina, Gina and I, you know, Gina, we think a lot alike because a lot of times you'll hear in the podcast, I'm always like, I think Gina said that. And you definitely did say about the mother daughter reunion. Um, this is a great idea. Now they're playing with us with the aspect ratio change and how the cradle mimics that aspect ratio change. But what you're saying could be true. We're all thinking that these scenes with Bernard, or at least I should say I'm thinking, okay, that these scenes with Bernard and Dolores the first scene of the season and this scene, this opening scene of this episode phase space is uh, happening maybe far in the future, right? Like I'm positing that Bernard, I think Bernard has that one time use key there and there is some kind of fight to get it from him. There's an informational fight, right? And Dolores is somehow training him. Perhaps that's why she's going over this again and again, but why would he have to become used to the cradle if he seems pretty used to it when he's walking around in it and he sees Ford, right? So what change occurred with Bernard, these fidelity changes? Unless, of course, we're going to see multiple Bernards, right? And the idea that Dolores has been kind of messing with Bernard, or I should say, even was messing with Arnold, even because now more people, more and more people are having the theory that there never was an Arnold, that Ford, that Arnold was the first machine that Ford created. And he remade him, yes, when, when he did that whole thing of shooting himself in the, you know, having Dolores shoot him in the head, not himself, but having Dolores shoot him in the head. Um, that was actually a host. Uh, and perhaps even his, you know, the whole, there never was a kid that the whole thing is made up and Dolores figured it out. And she had been becoming awake in different ways. And the last one we saw was just her, playing out the final game, perhaps even controlling Ford in ways that we don't understand. So making Dolores the puppeteer, right? It's interesting. It's a very interesting idea. Um, anything could happen on this show. And I would, if that was true, I think that would be, as they used to say, hella cool. I think it would be super cool. Because we've all, again, I say we all, but me, but I've seen this on the interwebs. People get a little tired of Dolores. Maybe it's the theatricality of the delivery. 
um, the one note in the beginning of this season, but she's obviously developed now. Okay. So we'll see. Um, Gina continues, did Ford transfer external world powers of his to Dolores before he had her off him? What are external, I'm trying to, under, I was, I should have wrote you a back said, what are external world powers? But, um, did Ford transfer, um, the powers of the park is what you mean. And all that kind of stuff to Dolores. Did he make her after the revolt happened, everything? I mean, obviously look, she was, we know, we know enough to know that Maeve was part of his plan up until the train part, right? We know that guaranteed after the train part, we can debate, but we definitely know that Dolores was always, Ford was always controlling what she was doing or helping her along the way, not completely, but always helping her along the way. So the idea that Ford gave her extra park powers or stuff like, like to be able to control the environment, such as like Maeve or something like that, um, or are the ability to enter the cradle and work and do something to Bernard or, or any one of the hosts at any one, at any certain time, or enter the mesh network and do that. I think that's definitely believable. Yes. I think that's definitely believable, Gina, uh, that there's more to the Ford Dolores relationship. Uh, is Arnold the human clone that Bernard actually took the red ball to make, uh, to, to make him for Dolores for Dolores, not Ford. Interesting. Yes, it could be Ford, but there could also be more than one of those. Okay. Uh, Brett on Twitter, who's actually Brett's on Twitter, people. It's, uh, what's his, what's his Twitter? Brett Factual F, uh, is on the Twitter. He joined just the other day and he, and he found out that he could not like his own tweet. Um, he brought up something very similar to this. Let me try to find it. Oh, okay. It's in, actually it was tweeted to me, not the Westworld. This is what you get at a live. Oh, there we go. Okay. Brett Ewell, follow Brett Ewell, people. Here we go. So he was talking about this the same thing with the red ball. I'm not, uh, has, uh, begins the scene when Bernard, the scene immediately before that, where Bernard prints the red ball. He's before that, he's talking about when he realizes that he's not in really in the room with Elsie. Um, begins with that popping sound cue that has indicated the future most timeline. Okay. Now, since I haven't been reading or doing a lot, have people kind of confirmed that out there that they're doing it? Because I believe, I mean, they totally did cues like that last season. So I believe they do a cue like that. I'm not sure if it's used for generic time transition or if we're supposed to be seeing or maybe hearing the future. So that is an interesting, interesting idea that when Bernard has these memories of what he's doing, they're not memories or maybe he hasn't done it yet. And because it, this, listen, we have to remember the guy who write, the guy, uh, I should say, the guy who is a co showrunner with his wife, I'm not sure of her involvement in Inception, but this is from the Inception guys. I mean, the dream within a dream within a dream. So Bernard could be what I'm saying is kind of agreeing with that in the sense that 
yes, maybe he did he did do that with Ford, but again, he's going to do it again, okay? Maybe for himself, Ford, that Dolores made him do it to make another Arnold, right? So she could be controlling him and having him do other things to interfere, perhaps with either Ford or Delos's plans. That is a super interesting idea, or in the fu- either in the past or the future that that happened. That is a very interesting idea. And Brett coming through with that, if there's a noise there, the idea that it could be a memory within a, like a fake planted memory within the memory is a really cool idea. I'll look at that. We always get the barking dogs here at the Westworld Theory Cast. It's a staple. We'll see if, we'll see if that's Katie. We'll see if she'll calm down. But that is a super awesome idea. I like that. So like parts of it are real, but it's implanted. Now saying that it happens in the future, that is interesting too, because we've already seen very good, Brett, that he's, because it was on that same chain. That's what made him think of it, that it was that Elsie part where he says, I'm not really here with you. Am I Elsie? And I was saying that has to be one of the most furthest, most points of the story so far, because we've not yet gotten to a point where Bernard has got, it can even, even has that sense of knowing he's in a memory like that. We've not seen that yet. So I was thinking this is something they're introducing to us, which they are introducing it to us through the cradle, because that is just one of many possible networks, right? It's information. So it's just an operating system, basically the host backups running on an operating system that loops their loops inside of a a virtual Westworld. It helps train them. It helps keep these backups working. And perhaps a backup could uh, learn or do something different that they may, perhaps they sometimes would study that information to make tweaks, right? Or use it as a, um, uh, you maybe even use it as a training ground or a testing ground for storylines, right? How they'd play out. I wonder if Sizemore might have something to say about that. Did they use the cradle in that way? You know, uh, is it a sandbox for them? That's a really interesting idea. Now for Dolores to maybe have the powers to do that, right? And then through that, take control of the secret project is interesting. Um, but see the red ball, I, th- I thought the red ball. Now this is something I want to ask everyone. Was the red ball the same as Bernard's ball? Okay. Uh, that's the- <laughs> Our- <laughs> this- <laughs> I'm not saying Bernard has different balls, but it looked actually, it looked, the other one looked so red, you know, it looked almost Mars, like uh crimson or something. Right. Whereas, Bernard's looked darker. It looked almost black, more mechanical, right? And the other one looked more or a little bit more organic, right? So I thought that that ball, because that, I mean, let's remember, it's now my belief because that little ball that came out of Bernard and then was placed in another light bulb that they all have a ball. I used to think that the regular host had a light bulb and the hybrids had the red ball. 
But now what I believe is, is that was just a spe- – they all have a little ball, and that was just a special one made in that lab. Okay? You all with me? I think that's what we're seeing here, right? Um, because that ball actually fits inside the, uh, the um, light bulb. So – very interesting. Could could that be something we're gonna we're yet to see? Is perhaps Bernard making one again? Maybe not the whole part of it. I think this is what Gene is trying to say. That parts of that memory could have happened already, and parts are either an implant or are going to happen, or happened at a future time from when, uh, maybe a little a future time from what we've seen, but past of Bernard remembering. You get that? So it's in, it's like a dream within a dream. Very interesting. Very interesting. Um, now, the final thing that Gina says is that, it, and which we, I've been saying the whole time, is that the whole, the parts between Dolores and the fidelity talk with Arnold slash Bernard, because maybe it's Bernard training to be Arnold, um, are all taking place in the cradle. And that's what I'm wondering is, is the, is the aspect ratio change an indication of specifically the cradle or is it an indication of virtual, of phase space and phase space can be generated not only by the cradle, right? It could be generated by another network. Gina continues, the cradle has interfaced with nearly every discrete system in the park. There's something in here that's improvising. Yes, Ford. Ford being in the game is another path towards immortality, just living forever in the game. This is totally like the San Juniper episode of Black Mirror. What a great episode. What a, yeah, you're right. I think you're right. I think, and, and you know what? The four, and it's interesting you mentioned that episode, Gina, and not just kind of talk about virtual reality because the emotional um, import of that episode, which is such a great Black Mirror, that won the Emmy, right? I believe it did. Um, what a beautiful episode. It says something about Ford too, right? The way he was acting last season, was it really suicide? Or is all his talk of the host being the next step of evolution, he wanted to join them. He wanted to perhaps be like them, not to die, right? So that's an interesting idea that I hope we'll see more of him. That's my hope. If they got it, they're not going to just keep on shooting him against a damn piano. That was Anthony Hopkins. He's going to be in the show. He's got to be in the show. Um, I don't know. I don't know if he's in the show. I don't watch trailers or anything like that. So, uh, if he is in the next episode or more episodes this season, I suppose that he'll explain that to us and we'll be illuminated rather quickly. You know, they're about Westworld. We're getting towards that. We're hitting episode seven and I have seen a direct mirroring of last of season one and season two, the train stuff. The, the, the journeys, Dolores's journey, MIB's journey, Ford interfering in their journey or, or making the journey, right? We're seeing kind of mirrors here, right? People coming and going, these new characters that become more, in, more interesting to us. Um, and one of the things that uh, I'm thinking about when I think about that is that 
one of the things they did about episode seven of last season is do uh, a dump where they were like, okay, this is what's happening. And then we even went from there, right? And I, I feel that coming, especially with the appearance of Ford. Uh, I feel that kind of dump of where we're all this can, we're feeling a lot of confusion. They're going to put us, they're going to kind of set the table for us now and let's see what happens seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. You know, I like that idea. Um, and gr- yeah, I keep on thinking about that, talking about that episode of Black Mirror because San, San Juniper, I want to say, Zan, I want to say like San Juniper. Is that the, would that be the correct way to pronounce it? Um, but anyway, yeah, that emotion there. We're going to find out more about Ford. I love that. I want to know more about him. I really want, because there was something, the whole dying thing, it caught me, you know? It's, and then maybe we'll find the same thing with Arnold, you know? But that was a different reason. Well, you know, we'll see. All right. Gina continues, Maven daughter reunion had been thinking they would have assigned her daughter a new mother if she was living in the same place. Definitely. Yes. Um, how come Maeve hadn't thought of that if she's so woke? <laughs> that is a great question. And perhaps it's answered by her reaction to the uh, ghost nation. She doesn't even seem to try to use her powers. I think Maeve... Um, you know, we've all had friends who maybe kind of start late on something, right? Whether it's like that friend that like never had a drink until they hit college. Oh, wait, that was me. Uh, but I didn't end up getting like really wasted or anything. I didn't do that. But um, Or like, you know, somebody who's never really had a boyfriend or girlfriend and then they're like in their later 20s or something. Then it happens and it's like they, they're a little overwhelmed. You know what I mean? A little clingy. Um, I feel like Maeve is like the awakening of her emotions. You could maybe say a clouded her. So she didn't think of that. Or maybe she just thought that she would, um, maybe she kind of thought about it. And then when the moment happened, you know, I'm just extrapolating at this point, the real reason the writers definitely thought of that. They just didn't bring it up. Um, Gina hates Sizemore and I love him. (laughs) Gina, we're going to have to have a battle one time about this because I think Sizemore is the best. He's so funny. Uh, Why did Brit Twit let her come all this way knowing what she would find? He could have told her any time. Well, I think there was, perhaps I'm wrong, and now that I got a link to the scripts, which is awesome, and thank you, thank you, thank you. I got to remember who sent me that link. Uh, Maybe I'll just look at my phone during a podcast again. Nobody, nobody minds that, right? Um, I think that, uh, I think it was mentioned, Gina. I think at one point he didn't say it outright, but he kind of said something like, oh, it was, oh yeah, that's right. It was Tactics FC. And you can follow him at Westworld FC too, I think, right? Um, Yeah, they're great. I was tweeting with them and they are uh, trying to support small podcasters like us. So follow him, Tactics FC on Twitter. Um, but I was looking, I could look, maybe do a script search for that or something. But I think he said something like, you might not like what you find. And look, we, Sizemore's character has been one that he said before he, you know, Maeve said, why didn't you? And well, you know, he'd have a reason for it. And maybe the reason he didn't is because he wanted her to be distracted 
you know, so he might have, maybe he could escape, maybe he could have an advantage of some way, you know, or he was afraid what she might do. Um, because who put her in that new narrative? He did. It reminds her of that, right? Maybe it's not something he wants to bring up. Um, now this is a great one right here. I had not thought of Gina. Uh, Maeve sure could use her reprogramming powers on her daughter, but will she? She didn't try using it on the ghost nation. Maybe she can't if they are on the same path. Let's talk about the daughter part first. Yeah, will she do that? She could also have maybe Felix, uh, who seems to be going with them. Yes, I love Felix. Uh, Seems to be going with them. Um, Help her with that, right? But you're right. Will she do it? I don't know. Maybe I, there's a question there, right? You say reprogramming powers, but what I think you mean like awakening. I don't know if she would like reprogram her to be her daughter. I don't think Maeve would ever do that. But I do think maybe she would awaken the daughter. I do. I'm thinking maybe she would do that. If that's what you meant, I think she will. I think she will because then she, there, this whole episode had all these themes about making your own choice, but still protecting your home and who you are, um, you know, being the kind of the limits of freedom, which, which was also brought up in last episode between Akane and Maeve, right? Uh, that when she, when she was awakening Akane and Akane was like, no, um, and I misread that scene. Actually, I want to apologize. In the last episode, I, uh, I said on the last podcast that Maeve stopped doing it, but really it was Akane who did. I watched the episode for a third time before uh, phase space with my wife because she needed to catch up. But um, hmm, I do think she will do that to her daughter. I do. Because I think she, I think that she wants to give her the choice, that freedom. That could be out of love there, right? But then again, she's a kid. Maybe she'd do it to, you're right, because maybe she could think it's nefarious to do it just to, to ungrapple her from the mother and make her lose the feeling that Maeve wishes she had for her. She has that now. She could perhaps just protect, now she doesn't even need to protect them from the ghost nation, does she? So she could just leave them there to be happy. You know, I start to think, are they really going to be walking around with a kid? This is Westworld, people. I think that's probably what's going to happen. She's probably just going to leave the kid there. All right, let's move on. Um, now, this is a part I like. The, the, uh, the ghost nation guy says to Maeve, come with us. And that is the same guy I didn't recognize last night's hard with all the pain on his face. Um, but that is the same guy from the Logan uh, presentation with Angela uh, in the bar scene. Um, the native says to Maeve, uh, come with us. We are meant for the same path, which is probably not Dolores' path from what we've seen. But could it mean something else? Yeah, I think they all have their own kind of path. In, in like in in, in in respect to like Dolores and Maeve, I still think Dolores is mainly being controlled by Ford and the plan, though she seems to have some um, presence of mind. I think there is still kind of a hand guiding her, though more lightly. 
right? Um, but I think that the Abernathy experience, seeing her daddy and seeing what she did to Teddy may have even awoken her more, similar to Maeve, right? Pain, the cornerstone, pain is progress, foretold her she had to go through much more pain and loss. And maybe that's what she needs to go through. She needs to, he wanted her to be this crazy Wyatt. Because if you look at Dolores, she's really changed. In the beginning episode, she was a nutcase. That whole montage of her riding through the freaking field, shooting people with the shotgun, her and Teddy. And now she seems to be a little bit, it's Teddy who's the crazy one, right? It's like, did she transfer Wyatt out of herself? It was like a spiritual transfer. Once she saw it reflected, she, she like adjusted you know, like a person might do. Interesting. But what's the path of the ghost nation? Well, we talked about with Bill, um, Bill's feedback. I think that it is the Ford path. And I think that's the most direct Ford path uh, is the ghost nation path. Um, So I think that they were, maybe that was Ford's way of trying to get Maeve back on track, right? Because I do continue to believe that Maeve is the accident, that she is truly conscious, she's she's independent of thought and mind and body and whatnot and and whatever and Red Ball, and that um she is uh that Ford might be trying to get her back. All right, thank you, Gina, for that great feedback and for your feedback every week. You rock. Now we got another. All-time great feedbacker, newbie-doos, newbie-doos. Yeah, baby. Follow newbie-doos on Twitch, Twitter, everywhere you can. Newbie-doos it up. Theory question, is MIB a host? Bam! Isn't it odd that it's now twice that MIB has misremembered stuff? I was going to say misremembered fuck. Misremembered stuff. First, the part in a previous episode where he said his wife had taken pills. That seems like it's not true. She slit her wrists, we're led to believe. You're right. Well, there's some question about this. I was listening. I don't remember what podcast it was. I think it was Violent Delights. I like those guys. And they were talking about how you couldn't really tell if there was blood in the water. And also, someone could take pills and go and lay in a bathtub. But... Uh, I had not rewatched it, but they did. And they said that it did look like there was blood in the bathtub. So I'm going to go with this. Okay. And now in this episode, he didn't remember that it was the mother who was afraid of elephants and not the daughter. Seems like a strange thing to misremember. Or is this all a red herring to confuse us? Now, this has been going around. A lot of this MIB could be a host. We've always thought from the beginning, MIB could be a host. I had a little bit of a theory there too, about how it totally makes sense why he was so angry. Remember a couple episodes I went over on that and now we have this coming? That They could be doing that. Look, I think it was, was it episode seven last year that we found out Bernard was a host or was it earlier or one or two before or after? Could they be doing that again? Are we going to find out MIB is a host, that he was part of this big plan? I mean, obviously we know William was a part of the whole James Delos and he knew all about the secret project. He was running it. It was his idea. So 
Could he have been transferred? Is that why his wife killed herself? Because he died? And then they made it into his cornerstone, his pain, to propel him into understanding his body? Hmm. We have something else about this later. Also a question for you. That's me. Or some, hopefully all of you, Lost fans. Do you get the exact same feeling of being invested in these characters emotionally as you did for the characters in Lost? Maybe it's not fair to compare the shows, but I kind of have to since they are both mystery shows. Would love to hear your thoughts on this. Well, I'm, I'm getting there. Definitely so far, no. And Lost had so many more episodes and because it was on a network and it had all those episodes and we had to have the whole framework of the flashbacks, right? Which we find we found out from Damon and Carlton. Well, Carlton wasn't there at the time, but Damon said it was really a device that they kind of used to tell more story because they had to do 24 episodes, you know? And he admitted that some of the flashbacks were kind of dumb, even though Lost was did become fantastic at the relationship between the flashback and what was happening both emotionally and contextually. But to answer your question, no. Um, I've never felt the connection to a show that I felt to Lost. Never. Not Game of Thrones, not Westworld, not anything. Maybe someday some show will do that where it's able to combine, well, you know what? Like a show like uh, Mad Men, Six Feet Under, dramas like that, it comes close. But the way that Loss was able to combine the geeky stuff that we all love so much and the emotional dramatic stuff, I mean, Damon Lindelof is a fantastic dramatic writer. Look at The Leftovers. I mean, it's probably the most beautiful show ever made on par with Lost. Leftovers may be a little more beautiful. You know, it's hard for me to say that. But as an old Lost head started back in the day, 10 years ago, April, Lost Mythos Theorycast, I would have to say not yet, but Westworld is getting there. And I'm glad you brought it up because I had in my notes to kind of talk about this. Just the scenes in Shogun World and the scene with MIB and Grace. Um, even the way Felix reacted to Sizemore uh, and Sylvester. Westworld is almost doing a reverse Game of Thrones. Where Game of Thrones really grounded you in the characters. And then it added the mythos. Westworld just started. We are chock full, 100% mythos, crazy story, geek stuff. Let's go. Characters are secondary. And we've talked about that. And in the preview to this season, I talked about my biggest hope. I had no doubt that this season was going to be intellectually stimulating and nuts and crazy. My biggest hope was that it was stimulating character-wise that I started feeling more towards these characters. And I have, most definitely. And Shogun World has gone a long way to doing that. I heard some complaints. Why do we, you know, I saw a few things on the Facebook, on the Twitter, whatnot. And I'm like, look, that's cool. Everybody's going to complain. Westworld has to be one of the best communities. Maybe I don't get into it as much, but 
man, you know, it can get hectic. You know how the interwebs be, homie. But anyway, um, I'm getting there and I'm feeling it and I'm happy about that. And I love being, I loved the taking up the heart and burning it. Um, I love the conversations between Akane and Maeve. I love the duel where um, Maeve lets Musashi fight for himself and find his own path and make his own way. Uh, I think that's, if you miss those character and thematic beats, then who the fuck cares who's a host or whose body is in what body? Then you might as well just be, we all know that there are things out there that are purely just crazy stories that you have zero attachment to characters as books, comics, cartoons. You know, there are TV shows like that too, where it's just plot upon plot upon plot. And Westworld really did that. And they're almost, even though they've ramped it up a lot this season, they've ramped up the character stuff. And I really enjoy that. I really do. I want to feel about Maeve. And I like that we've gotten to the daughter already so we can stop seeing that flashback. But I I felt it, you know, as a parent. Um, So we'll see. Now, this is what uh, Newbie Doo says. I must confess that I'm miles away from being as invested in it as I was in my favorite lost characters. Jack, Sawyer, Hurley, Locke. Oh, man. Man, they made me truly love and hate the lost characters with intensity. Not quite the same feeling with Westworld, even though Westworld is very thrilling and beautiful to watch. Can't disagree with you, newbie. But I hope that it's getting better for you, because like I said, I'm feeling it, and I really like it. Um, And I hope they do more of it, because I want to care. Like what happened with Teddy and Dolores. That was a character beat, yo. Yeah, she reprogrammed him, cool stuff. Why did she do it? Is it about the end game? Is he the chosen people? Why is he in the lake at the end? Of course, that's all very interesting. But her her emotional character reaction to him made me care about Dolores for the first time this season. So, newbie, you're the best. Thank you. Andy. Andy's got a ton of feedback. Let's hit it, Andy. This show keeps getting more dense every week. This might be the first episode of Westworld I've ever watched back-to-back immediately. Ooh, he did an immediate rewatch. The previously on was great. I hope they keep that format. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I liked it. I liked it. And I do I do think that the showrunners stole the edit bay from the marketing department on that one. Um Andy continues, when I sent my feedback in last week about for Ford controlling the narrative on the fly from inside the mainframe, I never in a million years thought it would come true in this episode. Yeah, Ando. Ando Calrissian is rocking it out because that was the first thing I went on Twitter. I was like, thanks for all the feedback because we just kept us going. That ghost in the machine, that idea, we've all been talking about that. And you did say that, Andy. It's awesome. It was great to see, and they're just taking it to the next level. Uh, There was a lot of great foreshadowing of Ford's return in this episode. I love the callback of Ford's Greyhound. Ah, nice. As soon as Bernard saw the dog, I got very excited that we might actually see Anthony Hopkins again. I did not notice that. Thank you, Andy. You did. did. The dog kept on catching him. 
right? He was like looking at the dog. Is a Dolores we see in the Matrix the same Dolores we see with Teddy? I don't have a theory about this, just unsure. That's the grand question, isn't it? Can hosts have multiple... Um, I, I talked about this on the podcast before, the idea of AI having um, being a multiple uh, simultaneous interactions with pe- other humans or other AI, right? And Dolores could be doing that. That's an inter- like that's the same thing I keep on thinking about with Maeve. What we're seeing is just this. Maybe this phase space has been going on the whole time, and there's a, I mean. Maybe next season is going to be in phase space. Maybe we'll get a whole episode of phase space. Love it. I love it how Teddy now seems to have buzzing flies as his intro music. Teddy's a, yeah, Teddy has become something. A monster. Wyatt. A couple of moments made me think Dolores might be a little worried she created something a little too scary when it comes to Teddy. I definitely think so. I was getting the vibe that we might see a Frankenstein's monster type of scenario with him. This is the first time in a long time that I was engaged with Dolores' story. Totally agree. Um, uh, yeah, you know, Teddy is maybe going to get out of control and Dolores might have to put him down. And is that what we're seeing when he's in the river? I don't know. I still think that they wouldn't do that, that he's transferred to somewhere else. Maybe he has to maintain his balance too, because Dolores was like him, but she changed, right? I still love Shogun World. However, I don't think we'll see them again this season. I think we might see, now we know um, Armistice's twin came with them, but um, Akane and Musashi stayed there at was that snow mountain or snow lake or whatever. Um, I don't know if we'll see them either. I think we will, but maybe not Shogun World, maybe briefly. You mentioned MIB's conversation with his daughter about the elephants on the IR and the interaction that caught my attention as well. I have never liked the theory that MIB is a host, me neither, really. But that was the first time I've ever thought it might be a possibility. I could actually think it's there to throw off the fans and to show that MIB is so obsessed with Westworld, he has lost all touch with reality. Thanks, Andy, for bringing us back. Maybe you're right. I'm second-guessing if Maeve is actually woke. If she is, why is she so surprised to see that her daughter has a different mother? That's just, yeah, that's like what Gina said. Um... I'm going to go with the idea that Sizemore knew, just didn't bring it up. She probably knew too, just didn't talk about it. And maybe, it, maybe, and again, I think if we go back, it may have kind of roundabout been brought up. Um, and he continues, I love that scene. I love that the writers are injecting more emotional stories into these characters this season. Thank you. Also, Maeve not believing the Ghost Nation guy makes me think that she might not be woke. Maybe the importance of Ghost Nation is that they are all woke. They definitely behave much differently than all the other hosts we see. Bill Kava, here we go. We're picking it up again. We're formulating something as a crew. I like it. I like it. But I still think Maeve is. And I think she may. She was just so shocked at what happened um, and, and the emotionality of the daughter. And, um, or she just can't control them. It doesn't work for them. 
And he says, I agree the red ball is Ford. I wonder if that red ball will be put into Bernard's body. That could be another reason why he is so messed up on the beach. Oh. Andy, I'm thinking. That's why I stopped. I'm going to have to think more about that one. That's an interesting idea, but it kind of contradicts my idea that I don't think that beach stuff ever happened. Maybe not, but maybe. I mean, we do now have the um, Strand did see that uh, Goldberg, the woman who was able to hack in and, and, and get the map back up with McDonough, the new, uh, the new OA guy that landed on the parachute. But that's interesting. I got to think about it. That's a good one that we've seen Ford, right? In one of these future things here. That's interesting. Or that it could happen. It definitely could. It's going to happen, okay? It's going to happen. It has to. They're, gonna, they're, do, they're going in that direction. I still want them to put it inside an animal, though. Another question for you guys. I'm sure I could easily find this online, but I'm... Uh, afraid to accidentally spoiled, be accidentally spoiled by Google. How many timelines are we dealing with now? Um, there's good, if you check out, this is Insider with Kim Renfro. She has a timeline. I'm thinking about doing a pod where I just go through the timeline. Um, and, and that, that kind of goes through it. I mean, I guess, I don't know, right? We have, um, inside the park within two weeks um, of the, of the party before the extraction team comes on the beach. But that timeline could be totally wrong because we question what is really happening on the beach with Bernard. And that's where we're basing that time on. Now, in this episode, we have Charlotte say to this other team, this OA team that comes down and may, and I just call them the extraction team. Maybe Carl was called OA. Okay. Maybe I, if you're out there listening, I apologize. I don't think that really matters. As a matter of fact, I know that Nolan, both of these guys, they love to put these titles in there to mess with you. We've talked about that before too. You know, extraction, OA, cradle, you know, these words that then then have mystical, um, you know, the J.J. Abrams box, right? Um, so how many timelines do we have? At face value, there is the flashbacks that involve William and Delos. That's, you know, even within that, we have 10 years ago, 20 years ago, you know, we've seen William. All right. I'm going to, I'm, should I, I'm just, I'm kind of debating whether or not I should try to do, do them all. Um, All right. Let's see. The earliest thing we've seen this season is um, the early, maybe one of the earliest things we've seen besides the in-lab stuff with Ford and ben, or, uh, young Ford is the meeting, the, the meeting where William and Logan are presented uh, to become bigger investors in Delos, as was pointed out to me in an email. Thank you. That's right. They already had an investment, but majority holders, right? So I think we have like 35 years, like 
30 years ago, 35 years ago, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, about 10 years ago. And then we have an indiscriminate time, which we don't know when MIB visited. I call him MIB because of the actor visited Delos, right? Then we have the two week we've seen the two week time period, according to the beach at, before the extraction team comes, uh, so far of which we've only seen up to the latest part is now where Charlotte Hale is in the Mesa with the OA guy, I believe his name, McDonough or McCullough, uh, and they strap and nail Abernathy into the chair. That's as the farthest point there. Now, all the Bernard stuff is of, an, of a time we don't know. We don't know when the Dolores and Bernard stuff is. We don't know when the Bernard remembering that he's remembering is. So I don't think anyone knows how many timelines we have. Uh, or if, in fact, they're real, or if, in fact, they are different times. So I think that answers the question. Now, I want now, Andy brings up something, and I wanted to bring up something. There were two weird things in this episode that may be mistakes by either closed captioning or editing. The first was Ellie's talking with Bernard. The subtitles referred to her as Hale a few times. I think that's just a mistake. Um. But maybe Elsie is a hail. I don't know. Uh, he says, I question everything with this show. Would the producers hide this in the show or is it a production mistake? Uh, it, it, it could just be a closed captioning mistake. Um, if Elsie is a hail, what would that mean? That she's related to Charlotte in some way and then she's in on it? Interesting. I don't know. I'm going to think that that's just a closed captioning mistake. Now, Hacks Dogma on Twitter was bringing up that he thought when um, sh- when uh, Grace is talking to MIB, she mentions an invitation not to the gala, but to the gauntlet. And that he thinks that there was an edit there. Uh, I did not pick up on that, and other people thought it was gala. These things, I don't know. I'm willing to think they're so small too, little clues there, but who yeah, it's Westworld. Who cares? Theorize about it. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Andy, for that very thorough email. And now we have our last feedback from Brett, who is new on Twitter, Brett Factual. We've seen some inconsistencies with William. He, confu- he confused how his wife committed suicide. He confused which of his family members is frightened of elephants. Evidently, according to his daughter, he is a man of sobriety, but now he drinks at the park. That's the third one. I like that. Since the beginning of the show, he's been obsessed with robot equality, the ability for them to be treated equally to fight back. Perhaps subconsciously feels connected to them. Perhaps because part of him is them. The message he has received from Robert is that the maze wasn't for him, but that this game is for him. They haven't mentioned the door in a while, have they? The maze was to help hosts achieve consciousness. Well, he has that, but what does he not have? Perhaps fidelity? The game begins where you end and ends where you begin. The first part could mean the game began when your original body was discarded, and the second part is to say... If you complete the game, you will be unleashed with a new beginning and your new body. Human host hybrid attempts in the past 
have hit a cognitive plateau or a wall that prevented them from reaching a stable existence. William needs to find his way through this wall. How do you get through the wall? The door. The host, achieves a, the host achieving equality was the first step on the, his journey of acceptance. Another step was caring enough about them to risk his life defending them like he did with Lawrence's family. The more he can see the host as one of him, the more likely he will be able to see himself as one of them. Brett, you rock. Because this is this is more eloquently states what I was trying to say, blabbling earlier and on the other podcast. The park is the training ground. Right? That's how they got over the cognitive plateau. The, the, they kept on saying the brain rejects its own reality. So what do you do? You change reality. What's the only way you could change reality? You put them in fucking Westworld. That's a new reality where hosts are all over the place and you can't tell the difference between a host and a human and the lines are blurred of what is real and what is not and what is death and what is not. And what more would a man who regretted being a host want than the ability to die, which was what he was searching for the entire season last year and now has. I don't know, man. This seems to be a theme of this show, of this podcast. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm, like, I, I'm feeling this. If it's not true, I'm okay. If it is true, I'm liking it more. I initially don't like the idea of him being a host. Why? I don't know. I just don't. But now I do because it's becoming this hybrid thing. And I like this. There's a backstory there that's formulating, you know? This was very succinct, Brett. Good job, buddy. All right, so I've hit all the emails. I want to thank Bill, Gina, Newbie-Doos, Andy, and Brett for your fantastic feedback. You can email us, WestworldTheoryCast at WestworldDVR at gmail.com, WestworldDVR at gmail.com. Now, I've gone pretty long so far, but I'm going to go through some of my notes I'm going to hit some points here and there. My notes are pretty in order, okay? Um, but I just, and I may have, may again go over some things I said, but I do want to just kind of um, state some things and talk about some things that i would seen myself. And thanks again for that feedback. That was awesome, especially as a solo host. It's good to be able to start out kind of having that conversation. Um, first of all, I love the, the aspect ratio change where phase space is in, uh, that wider aspect. I think it's super cool. Uh, I like the way they introduced it in the beginning and they have here, and then we see it with Bernard. I think it's super cool. I want to say that my feeling, um, not patting myself on the back, but I just want, just so we know we're on the same page. Remember in the beginning, in the first episode, I was like, yo, Dolores is controlling this conversation. Well, it turns out she was, right? And that that shows the good acting there, that you could kind of see that, right? Like if those scenes were put together, you'd see that progression more that you see here when she corrects him. Um, I like the way she said she had done it so many times before because they showed us the same thing with Delos. That was really cool. I just, man, Westworld is killing it this season. I love it. Um, 
I like the, the whole Dolores thing. I'm like, like I said, I liked her a lot more, uh, this, this episode. Um, something I found interesting is how Teddy just kills that dude. What was the, other than shooting him? Right. And then they let, they kill the tech too. Okay. Now they ran the train into the Mesa. The Mesa did not completely explode because after the bomb went off, we go and we see that um, uh, Bernard and Elsie are kind of okay. She's still kind of looking around after that. Now, maybe bad stuff happens. I could see a lot bad happening after that fire and destruction and all that kind of stuff. Um, but they didn't die, right? They didn't all kill themselves. Um, why did they, why are they kind of discarding like the tech helped her? You know, that's, I don't know. I just, I kind of, and the same thing with that security guy, they didn't get the information they wanted. It just seemed weird to me. Um, I like that Stubbs just kind of shows up in the Mesa. Now there was so many people. Oh, I saw this on Facebook a lot. I've been looking at the Facebook, um, groups here beyond Westworld and Westworld fans and that kind of stuff. Oh, we have a Facebook page too. Stubbs is a host because he was here and then he's there and then he's not there. And then he, how did he get there? Uh, you know, so far I don't see the, that indication. I don't understand that line of thinking. He was let go by the, um, ghost nation. He went to the Mesa. He meets up with Charlotte. He sees that other team something happens and he ends up with Carl Strand's team later. That's plausible, right? I don't know. Just wanted to kind of talk that out. Maybe I'm missing something. Um, I like that little emergency iPad <laughs> that hail breaks out. It was kind of weird. Um, I, I like that they just, the Jesus Christ's, the sim, you know, the po like nailing him to the thing we had, there's a lot of that in this season, a lot of it. I like when she said, uh, no, don't fuck with this head. Um, I wanted to point out that Stubbs seems to have formed some sort of conscience about the hosts. He didn't like the way they treated Abernathy when they did that. He said, you have to do that. And maybe that's why people were saying Stubbs is a host or something, you know. But maybe it's just he's kind of understanding what's going on. But that's interesting. Now I'm starting to think maybe Stubbs is a host. Um Let's see. Uh, I already talked about the emotional journey. Akane says something really interesting to Maeve. I wanted to point out. She says, hurry, you must find your child before this darkness eats us all alive. It's an interesting perspective from the host. Again, that idea that are to free someone from their ignorance, there's a loss there, Right. And the loss is security. Um, freedom can be the scariest thing. I remember when I was young hearing that for the first time, you know, that freedom can be the scariest thing in the world uh, because there's no tether, right? You're like out free floating, free falling, as Tom Petty would say. But are you falling? Are you just, you know, there in space? like a rolling stone. It's an interesting perspective that they were on these loops. They were living their lives. And now she sees the destruction of all of that. And the interesting part about it is that 
they're clinging to a relationship that is false and made by their enslavers. But it still means something. Like um, Maeve says to size, you can't keep on doing this to us. You know, why does it matter? Why do I care? That's not really my daughter. Because I care. Because now I have feelings and you made me believe this. In order to believe I am alive, I have to believe that this is my story. We all have our own stories. That's who we are, right? It was interesting when um, MIB uh, accused his daughter of being Ford <laughs> and being a host. That was interesting because we all, you know, it's always funny whenever they do that in the show. And I feel like it's meta. Um, I did love that fireside chat. And even the way he leans forward and MIB just seems more human there, right? Or maybe more host. I can see why people are saying that. What are Ford's bullshit quarantine notices? Will someone out there tell me? Elsie mentions it to Bernard. Well, at least his bullshit quarantine notices are still going out. What is the bullshit quarantine notice? I asked this on Twitter and I got a response from Hacks Dogma and Shad on TV, but neither of them were totally sure about what that was. So thanks, guys. It's always great to to, you know, interact with everything. Let's see. I wanted to read. Oh, see, Hack said, the only thing I got was the Sector 17 off-limits notice, so no one found his hidden home. Many others believe it's the website saying a viral outbreak. Okay, I think logic prevents that, though. Okay, so the bullshit notices may be a part of what is said to us by Elsie later that the cradle has in, has infested like every discrete part of the park. Okay. Shad on TV says trying to keep human guests away from the area. Perhaps he's only interested in bringing down Delos and not innocent guests. Dig that. Hmm. Yeah, there does seem to be a change. Something changed here, right? They were rounding. First, they're killing them. Then they're rounding them up. And selling them. Then they're rounding them up and letting them go. Right? So what's going on there? There's an evolution there. Um, Bernard says something really interesting to Elsie. While they're walking to the Mesa, he says, If anyone could write this ship by force of sheer will, it's you. He has high regard for her. And I think that's going to come into play. Elsie's here for a reason. Um, All right. This is interesting. I got a hold of the script, so I had to just go what I just had to copy and paste the whole conversation that Elsie and uh, Bernard have when they go into the um, cradle. And I just want to say it. Here we go. She says, of course, they got climate control working, which I found out um, is a uh, is a throwback to uh, the Westworld movie. Um. Okay, so she says, okay, so QA has been trying to regain control of whatever Ford did to the system, and they were actively blocked every time by the cradle. The cradle can't influence the Mesa's infrastructure. It's just the host backups. It can simulate park narratives, but it can't influence the other systems. Well, look at this. 
The cradles interface with nearly every discrete system in the entire park in the last seven days. Every time these idiots upload a new hack, it's responding in like a totally different way. It's like there's something in there that's improvising. The cradle's fighting back. Can you see the source codes that... Oh, this is still Bernard, sorry. Can you see the source code that's generating the response? No. I can only see the messages, not the messenger. That's because you can't access it remotely. You have to do it in person. All right. Interesting stuff. It can simulate park narratives. It can't influence the other systems. Every time they say something like that, they're wrong. The cradle can't influence the Mesa's infrastructure. Come on. We know it can. We know that's what's going on. But it's interesting how they kind of have to talk it out in front of us. Um, I want to give a shout out to Violent Delights again because they picked up the cradle to the grave stuff that like um, Maeve and crew came out of a grave and Bernard and Elsie went into the cradle. Um, Very cool. Very cool. Uh, Will we see Grace again? When are we going to see Grace? At the Mesa? Seems like everybody's headed there. Love the cradle scene again. And here we go. Now I have the cradle scene acted out by me, Axel, Elsie, and Bernard. The cradle. God. I haven't been down here in years. It's creepy. It's like a hive mind. Every single one of them is in here, alive. It's just data. You don't believe that. And whatever new data Ford's stuck in here. Oh, wrong person again. It's trying to kill us, Bernard. This is great stuff. You got to look. I, I got to, uh, I don't know if I can put the scripts on Twitter or whatever, because it was like kind of, I don't know if it's legal or whatnot, but it might be someone just getting the closed captioning off it. Um, and whatever new data Ford stuck in here is trying to kill us, Bernard. I brought something here or someone. Then Bernard has that flashback to taking the red ball. Now, when we see Ford later, we got to think we had that whole conversation this is so interesting. I love that they're giving that to us, right? Um, Ford drew the curtain here too. I can see the responses issuing, but I can't see how. How the fuck are you doing this? I know how to find out. How? Put me inside. Now this was cra- this was fucked up, right? It it takes his brain out of his head. I thought he was just going to log in. Okay, so it's my opinion that the only reason they would show us a main character, who we found out is a host, but it's still a main character, it's Bernard, have his control unit taken out like that is so it can be put back somewhere else. We have to get used to the idea. Like this, he goes into there. I don't think that ball is going back. Whatever that ball there, that Bernard, I just feel like it's not going back into that head. I just don't see why he wouldn't jack in, why the ball came out. It's like Chekhov's gun. It's Chekhov's ball again. Chekhov's balls. Um, with <laughs> That's for older hosts with an articulated skull architecture. <laughs> this language is great. And this whole thing about whatever new data Ford stuck in here. And then we see it's Ford. It's just, and the whole, that line, there's no time and the pain's just a program. Hey, it's just a program in all of us, isn't it? This is a definition for phase space. I got this off Google, people. 
a multidimensional space in which each axis corresponds to one of the coordinates required to specify the state of a physical system, all the coordinates being thus represented so that a point in the space corresponds to a state of the system. Now, the way that I would describe this, um, Newbie Doos mentioned uh, lost. One of the concepts that lost stressed was that the past, present, and the future are one, right? Uh, infinite worlds, infinite dimensions, infinite possibilities. For each choice that is made, there are infinite worlds that are created. Phase space would be a state in which all these worlds exist at once and represent each other as well as the entire state, okay? So in a sense, a physical explanation, some people might say is something like a black hole, right? I mean, in the, in uh, theoretically speaking, uh, people would think that it could become a joiner to multidimensional or time travel. This brings me to this idea that I believe that we are entering the realm in which Westworld will deal with time travel. Why do I say this? There's different ways of looking at time travel, either as a physical representation, right? You get into a machine, you get out of the machine, you are walking around with dinosaurs, or as informational travel, right? So, how many host memories would have to be changed to change the past? How many people's memories would have to be changed to change the past? Is that not, uh, would the ability to go into a phase space and change it be not a form of time travel if what that phase space is, is mimicking reality? And because even though it's mimicking reality to a host, that is reality. What's the difference, right? We come to that question. What's the difference between host and human? What's the difference between information and reality? There is no difference, right? It's, inf it's all information. So that's why I think that this idea of phase space and this idea of a multidimensional space in which each axis corresponds to one of the coordinates required to specify the state of a physical system, all the coordinates being thus represented so that a point in the space corresponds to the state of the entire system, that's really interesting. There's multiple entry points, but all the entry points coexist together and both exist outside of or mimic the system if I'm saying that or understanding it correctly. And it's that same idea. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. It's deep stuff, and I think we're going to get there. But I don't know about this season. Um, and there's stuff I'm missing here. I probably want to save a conversation like that for someone to bounce it off and someone who can illuminate my ideas and enlighten me. So come on back, DJ. Get better. Um but as I understand it too, like I said before, phase space is like a, it could be, it could be a host training center too, right? Or it could be a consciousness training center. That's an idea. What better place, like we said, what better place to train than inside this place to get used to that brain, that, that, uh, new reality. 
Okay, the guy's name's Coughlin. I got that wrong. Who is this guy? What's the difference between him and Carl Strand? Did Carl mention that there was another team that came? I don't think he did. Maybe I'm wrong. I guess should go back and watch the beach part. That interested me. That whole OA thing, Q, I mean QA, not OA, good show on Netflix. Q th- QA thing, very interesting. Um, let's see what else I got to talk about. I may be out of uh, stuff to talk about. I like the, again, I like Felix is going off from Sylvester and Sizemore and he's going to join up with the team. I kind of, we talked a lot about Felix maybe kind of being in love with Maeve last season, didn't we? Or just seeing something in her, you know, maybe it wasn't love. Maybe it was just respect or admiration. We now know that that woman on the floor that I talked about before, who was that, that her name is Goldberg. Um, And this is what they say inside the Mesa. Um, Everything we can access is telling us that the system is operating normally, except it isn't. I found that to be really interesting. Why did they keep on repeating that? Um, it's, It's appearing as something that it's not, like phase space does. Are they in that? I st- man, I don't know. I kind of think like Carl. Carl is it, that's the phase space. I just thought that one line was really interesting. It's telling that the system is operating or- normally, except it isn't. Very interesting. That's it. That's I think the last little piece I had. Wow, we went over a lot of stuff, and most of it expertly covered by the feedback. Thanks, everyone. Um, we got a lot to think about. I'm really looking forward to the next episode. This is opening up. It's making us think. Um, I am going to be dropping, hopefully soon, a special Westworld episode by Thaxton uh, of the Thack Daddy Experience on the Westworld on the Westworld Podcast Network, on the DVR Podcast Network. Um, check him out. Look it up. Thack Daddy Experience. Thaxton is awesome. He's brilliant. He's got a great way of talking about things. I love listening to the podcast. And he's going to be doing a special Westworld that I'm going to put on this feed. Um, I like these ideas that we're getting. They are just, man, they're just opening it up here. There's so many different ways to go. I'm sure if I was on Reddit, I would just sit there reading crazy awesome theory after crazy awesome theory. And I hope we've brought at least some of those to you today. Once again, you can find us at dvrpodcast.com. Shout out to Tom for the logo, Devin and the Wright Brothers for the music, all the patrons, love you, patreon.com slash dvr. We will be back Sunday night with an initial reaction. Who will it be? Either me or DJ, maybe Solo. Don't think Solo. Either me or DJ, and hopefully DJ and I will be back next week Drop the podcast. Until then, say howdy to your moms for me. You have to plug in. With 
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.